Welcome everybody to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I'm excited to be here. It is the holiday season. We've got a jam-packed show for you as I got my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank. He's going to be on the show in just a bit. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a Monday night football game between the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. I believe the schedule makers thought that these two teams would be the top two teams in the NFC. That hasn't really been the case. The Atlanta Hawks had to hold on for dear life getting the victory over the Orlando Magic. We've got a Muskogee County Christmas basketball tournament for the varsity boys and varsity girls going on right now. And I'm going to give you an update on that tournament. All right, before I get into the show, I just want to remind everybody that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. And this is episode 526 on this December 20th, 2022. Just want to give you a heads up on what's on tap this week. I will not do a show five days a week. I will have a show tomorrow. It will be the National Signing Day show. And then Thursday show will be the recap. And I will make sure to cover everything that's going on in the Chattahoochee Valley. Let's go ahead and get into that Monday night football game. The Green Bay Packers were able to get the victory over the Los Angeles Rams 24-12. And the Rams fall to 4-10. and Sean McVay, first losing season since he's been the Rams head coach. He took over for Jeff Fisher in 2016. And all he's done is win a Super Bowl appearance, a Super Bowl win last year. He's in Campbell's Chunky Soup commercials. I mean, Sean McVay is just an amazing coach. I don't know what happened to the Rams. Maybe it was injuries. Maybe they sold the farm to try to win last year. They gave up so many draft picks to get Matthew Stafford. They got Vaughn Miller in the offseason to even make that pass rush even better. They gave way too much money to Aaron Donald, way too much money to Jalen Ramsey. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. midseason last year to put them over the top. Cooper Cup was hurt this year. Cam Akers wasn't the same running back. And I think that the retirement of left tackle Andrew Whitworth was the turning point for the Rams' demise. This was a terrible season for the Rams. The expectations were the Rams were supposed to repeat as Super Bowl champions, even without Odell Beckham Jr. Allen Robinson was a shell of himself. They got him over from the Chicago Bears. And this Rams team completely underachieved. Now, as for the Green Bay Packers, they've had a disappointing season too. They could salvage this season. Like Aaron Rodgers says, the Packers can run the table. Not necessarily true. They still have a tough schedule, but at six and eight, the Green Bay Packers could still sneak into the playoffs. I believe that Aaron Rodgers was off to that slow start because he did not have his number one target, Devontae Adams. I believe Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs did well down the stretch and Aaron Rodgers had some favorite targets. And this Packers team is just not the same team that went 
to those three straight NFC Championship games, and then they lost to the 49ers in the divisional round last year. Yet another team that was expected to reach the Super Bowl out of the NFC. So you had the Packers and the Rams playing in this Monday night football game. I really wish the schedulers can flex out these games for Monday night football as well because at times it felt like it was unwatchable. I just can't believe that the Green Bay Packers have a shot at sneaking into the playoffs because right now the Giants would be the number six seed. The Washington Commanders would be the number seven seed. Seattle and Detroit both at seven and seven. And I know it's early, but I actually believe that it's going to be the 49ers and the Eagles in the NFC Championship. Now, Jalen Hurts has got a shoulder injury. His status against the Dallas Cowboys is uncertain. I think that could impact the Philadelphia Eagles, even though I feel that the Eagles are going to wrap up the number one seed. The Atlanta Hawks have been the most inconsistent NBA team this season, but they're back a game above 500 after defeating the Orlando Magic 126 to 125. They had a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter and they were able to hold on for dear life. But they welcome back John Collins and DeJounte Murray back to the lineup and all their starters were in double figures. And the Atlanta Hawks, 16 and 15, very impressed with rookie A.J. Griffin. Trey Young had 37 points. They have the depth to compete in the Eastern Conference. But right now, with the top teams in the East, to include Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Boston, I would be satisfied with an early second round exit by the Atlanta Hawks. They are missing Danilo Gallinari from last year's team. They are missing Kevin Herter. I just want to see more consistency from the Atlanta Hawks and better play from their bench. They will take on the Chicago Bulls this Wednesday night at State Farm Arena, and then they will take on the Detroit Pistons this Friday. No Christmas game for the Atlanta Hawks this year. I'm very disappointed in that. Back on the road against the Indiana Pacers, and then you got some showcase games at State Farm Arena Wednesday on the 28th, taking on Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. And then LeBron comes to Atlanta on the 30th. That is a Friday game. That is always a hot ticket. And it's also LeBron's birthday that day. He turns 38. But this is the time, if you look at the schedule, this is the time the Atlanta Hawks need to make a run and try to get some continuity, try to get back to getting an identity that they are missing because right now they are on the outside. They're the number eight seed. They would be in the playing game, but you got some talented teams that are ahead of them in the standings. Looking at the other games in the NBA, well, the Los Angeles Lakers, no AD, no LeBron, no Russell Westbrook. I actually watched this game. Dennis Schroeder had 30 points, but the Lakers lose to the Phoenix Suns, 130-104. to The Lakers are 13-17. and You're probably wondering, why am I talking about the Lakers? Well, every game is complete drama. The media wants to blow it up and talk about how bad the Lakers are because of the injury to Anthony Davis. you got to remember, Anthony Davis is going to be out for about a month. Well, the Phoenix Suns have a new owner. 
Matt Ashiba finalizes a deal to purchase the Phoenix Suns for $4 billion. This comes after previous owner Robert Sarver with all the controversy that happened with his situation. Now the Phoenix Suns can move forward as an organization. The latest bull update. This is my favorite time of the year. Congratulations to the Marshall Thundering Herd. You know they had a big win over Notre Dame earlier this season. They defeated UConn in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which was played on the campus of Coastal Carolina. The score was 28-14. Marshall finishes the regular season with a 9-4 record. UConn, I'm just happy they got to a bowl game. Jim Mora Jr. really turned that program around. Remember, it was a couple of years ago that the UConn Huskies discontinued their football program because of COVID, and now they are back at it. Now, some of the bowl games that are happening tonight... You got Eastern Michigan taking on San Jose State and then Liberty taking on Toledo. So on Wednesday, you have the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Western Kentucky taking on South Alabama, the Jaguars of South Alabama with a 10 and 2 record. They can get to 11 wins. Then we start seeing the Power Five programs. December 22nd in the Armed Forces Bowl, Baylor 6 and 6, a very disappointing season, taking on Air Force with a 9-3 record. On Friday, you have the Louisiana Raysian Cajuns taking on the Houston Cougars in the Independence Bowl. And then Wake Forest, quarterback Sam Hartman, they went to an ACC championship game last season, a disappointing year at 7-5. Missouri, who a lot of people didn't think that they were going to be bowl eligible, got some very impressive wins to get to 6-6 in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. And then Christmas Eve, MTSU. Remember when they throttled the University of Miami, and that's one of the reasons why Miami is not going to a bowl game this year. They're taking on the San Diego State Aztecs, one of those teams in California with a passionate fan base that I always tend to make fun of. But next week, I will get into all the bowl games leading up to the college football playoff It's two massive games. TCU taking on Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. Ohio State taking on Georgia in the Peach Bowl. My opinion on that, I know that we are about a week and a half out from those games. I think that Michigan, seven and a half point favorite against the TCU Horned Frogs. I feel they should win that game. And uh, Georgia. As much as I want to believe that Georgia can win this game, the matchup predictor has got them at a 57% chance to win the game. They are favored by six and a half points. So apparently this game is a toss-up. If there is any team out there that could beat the Georgia Bulldogs, it is Ohio State. They were one of the top teams all year, just had a slip-up against Michigan. Now, Ohio State is going to be thin at wide receiver, even though they have a lot of talented wide receivers. Jackson Smith Jigba is going to sit out and declare for the NFL draft, but they still have the best wide receiver in college football, Marvin Harrison Jr. What can you say about this kid? He is a playmaker. C.J. Stroud is the type of quarterback that can throw it over the top, and he's going to test that Georgia secondary. Remember, that secondary got torched by LSU in the SEC Championship. Can Ohio State's defense get stops on a Georgia team that is better this year 
offensively than last season. I think Georgia is going to repeat as national champions, and we're going to start to see a dynasty like Nick Saban built nearly 10 years ago. It should be a lot of fun. should be a home game for Georgia. I got all week to preview this next week, and then in two weeks we'll recap the two semifinal games and preview the national championship. But we have got great bowl games to talk about all week next week. And then, of course, the NFL Week 16, starting with the Thursday night game on Amazon Prime, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New York Jets. Not sure if Mike White's going to be ready in that game. Zach Wilson more than likely will start for the New York Jets. And it's a battle of the number one and number two overall draft picks in the 2021 NFL Draft. Trevor Lawrence going up against Zach Wilson. It should be a lot of fun. And I am looking forward to that matchup. All right, let's talk about some high school basketball. Thursday's show is going to replay on Friday. I am not going to have Friday's show. Thursday's show is going to be the high school basketball preview show as we do have some massive high school basketball tournaments going on in the Chattahoochee Valley to include a big one in Columbus, the Muskogee County Christmas Tournament. The Varsity Boys and Varsity Girls playing. We have the second round of the games. I'm going to start with games that are being hosted at Spencer High School. Let's start at 6 p.m. Northside is taking on Hardaway. Hardaway was able to get the upset win over Columbus. This is the winner's bracket. So the Northside Patriots, a 5A school, 5-2 on the year, taking on the Hardaway Hawks. At 7.30, you got the defending state champions, the Spencer Green Wave, taking on the champions from 2019, the Carver Tigers. Carver had a down year last year with a 7-19 record, but they got the win over Kendrick, and they are taking on the defending champions. Over at Columbus High School at 6 p.m., you have the Columbus Blue Devils in the loser's bracket taking on the Jordan Red Jackets. And then you have the Kendrick Cherokees at 7.30 p.m. taking on the Shaw Raiders. So with Northside's win over Jordan, Spencer defeated Shaw, Carver defeated Kendrick, and Hardaway got the win over Columbus. Now over to the girls' bracket at Hardaway High School tonight at 6 p.m. Northside is taking on Spencer at 7.30 You have the Hardaway Hawks taking on the Carver Tigers. Over at Shaw High School at 6 p.m., you have the Columbus Blue Devils taking on the Kendrick Cherokees. And then you have the Shaw Raiders taking on the Jordan Red Jackets. And then tomorrow, I'm going to have Thrift Berenger on the show for Thursday. And we are going to just talk about some high school basketball at Columbus State University. You have the championship games, the third place games, the fifth place games, and the seventh place games taking on all day long starting at 9 o'clock in the morning. And so we'll have the winner's brackets and we'll have the loser's brackets. And Thrift Behringer will be providing play-by-play for those games. I'm going to try to help out as much as I can. Uh, we're going to talk about like which games that I'm going to help them out with. But yeah, all day high school basketball on Wednesday. It is going to be incredible. Actually going on right now, as this is going to be broadcasted on 
Wednesday here at 99.1 WQEE. We also have National Signing Day. There are high school student athletes all over the Chattahoochee Valley that is going to make their decision on where they are going to play college football. It is a great event. It's a little bit later in the year, but I can't wait. I want to see where these players are going to make their announcement. And they don't have to make their announcement this early. This is the early signing day. The traditional National Signing Day takes place in February, and they can make their announcement then. Well, in college basketball over in the NCAA Division III, we had a tournament going on in Naples, Florida. LaGrange College gets the double overtime win over Eastern Nazarene, and they are now 7-3 overall, led by Zach Hill's 28 points and Burchard Edwards' 22 points. The LaGrange Grangers will continue in their tournament in Naples. We'll take on Pacific Lutheran, and by the time this actually airs, uh, we'll have an update on that game as well. Well, congratulations to the Point University Skyhawks basketball team for getting the win over Columbia International 80 to 75 last Tuesday. Point is now 8 and 6 overall and they get ready on December the 30th. Next Friday to travel to Henderson, Tennessee to take on my alma mater, Freed Hardman University. I attended the game at Point University last year when Freed Hardman took on Point, and Freed Hardman was able to get the victory. But Point University, I'm rooting for you when I'm covering sports here in the Chattahoochee Valley, but I have to tell you, you're facing my alma mater, the school that I did play-by-play for basketball. It would just be absolutely sweet if I did work for Point University and I could call this game in Henderson, Tennessee. But that's neither here or there. The Point University Lady Skyhawks also got the victory last week against Columbia International, 67-61. And the Lady Skyhawks are 8-4 on the season. And they will host, in West Point, Georgia, Faulkner University, an NAIA school out of Montgomery, Alabama. Tip-off is going to be at 3 p.m., So you don't want to miss it. Good luck to the Lady Skyhawks as they take on the Faulkner University Eagles. All right. I think it's about that time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. We're going to recap some of the games in the National Football League for Week 15. You don't want to go anywhere. Corey is coming on the show. We are back on the show, and I've got my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, as we are going to recap the weekend NFL Week 15. We're starting to get a clearer picture of what the playoffs might look like. But, Corey, we had some absolutely crazy games this past weekend. Probably the craziest finish in my lifetime. And then, of course, the greatest comeback in NFL history. What did you think of the weekend? Unbelievable, Richard. I mean, like you said, it was definitely historical. We've got to talk about that Vikings-Colts game. The Colts up 33 to nothing at halftime against the Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings came all the way back, won it in overtime, 39-36. to 
And once again, Matt Ryan is on the wrong side of history. He just can't catch a break. I know he doesn't play defense, but he's had the greatest comeback in NFC Championship history, Super Bowl history, and now in the regular season. I mean, I'm starting to feel like this is his legacy. I know that we pick on him a lot. I mean, but this has got to be tough. I mean, the Colts, I mean, they were heavy underdogs against the Vikings. And I'm not sure if I'm a believer in the Vikings. They're still the number two seed right now in the NFC. But what was your thoughts on the greatest comeback in NFL history by the Minnesota Vikings? I can't believe what I was watching, Richard. A team that's up 33 nothing and a half should not let a team come back from 33 down to win. Matt Ryan, like you said, I can't believe it. This has happened to him numerous times in his career on the wrong side of history. He's had a decent career as a quarterback, but in terms of these games, there's no one that's had a really tough ride than Matt Ryan. I mean, he didn't play a bad game. He made necessary throws to his targets. They got the run game going with Jonathan Taylor. They were not doing terribly. The second half is where it happened. They could not finish the football game. When you have a scenario where in the second half, Richard, they only scored three total points when you were dominant, that dom much dominant in the first half, it, it just is a testament of where this team is at. And this Colts team is definitely in a process where they're going to have to go get draft picks this next year to go Go get defensive players. They need to get better linebackers, They're especially their defensive line. But at the same time, the Vikings. The Vikings are one of the better teams in football this year. Kirk Cousins is having one of the best years of his career. But you can't forget about the play of Justin Jefferson. I'm telling you, Justin Jefferson, Richard, is a generational talent. You don't normally see a guy with his stature Six foot plus, two hundred pound plus, and runs right around a four three forty, and has the route running ability to. When you throw him slant routes, he can catch that ball and he can say goodbye. You don't normally see bigger receivers who are able to be dynamic with yards after the catch. Justin Def Jefferson's one of those guys, and you can also throw him a bubble screen. Unbelievable! He can make guys miss. And then his ability to go up and attack the ball, the presence. When you have that, and then you have a decent ground attack with Dalvin Cook being able to run between the tackles, this Vikings team has been dynamic this season, and it's a testament. Honestly, congratulations to them to come all the way back and really show where they're at I think this is a different Vikings team than we've seen from years past. This team, I believe, is going to make it deep in the playoffs this year, Richard. Corey, I thought I saw it all. But that was just a crazy weekend of football. Then I witnessed probably the craziest finish to an NFL game. First of all, I got to say, I was just completely stunned that the way the Raiders beat the Patriots, 30-24, to 24, on a bonehead mistake by Jacoby Myers, 
I mean, we're talking about this is a Bill Belichick coach team. The Patriots have a reputation for not beating themselves. This was the dumbest play in NFL history. And, and I'm not saying it. All the reporters and, and all the broadcasters are saying that this was the, the biggest bonehead move by an NFL player in a game. And right now, I know you're happy as a Jets fan. The Patriots are 7-7 seven and seven on the outside looking in on the playoffs. And this was a game. I mean, can you believe that the Raiders actually beat a Bill Belichick-led team on a play like this? This was just incredible. It was completely an ill-advised throwback. This is exactly why. This is really weird. But you got to teach your guys some rugby skills. Yes, I said it. Guys need to learn how to lateral the football back and not throw it back like that. That's a perfect example that they need to teach. They could take, they could take something from a, a rugby handbook. So in that regard, Jacoby Myers completely, inexplicably threw the ball, the game away, and it really came down to that against a Raiders team, who usually this year has been in a scenario like the Colts been in a scenario where they blow football games. Typically, they've done it like four times this year. So for them to really hone in on their skills and say, no, we're going to go to the bitter end and we're going to take care of business at this point in time in the game. But you got to give your hats off to Chandler Jones for really looking and reading that play and taking it to the house on the ill-advised lateral but let's talk about what really happened in the football game. So, Ramondre Stevenson, he did. He was an impact player, getting between tackles and driving defenders. He had a decent day in that regard. But Mac Jones, I truly think, needs to get developed as a quarterback. I don't know why this is happening. There's been games where he's been inconsistent with his reads. And he's got to get on the better better understanding of where that route tree is pocket passer, but at times does not know where to locate the football for receivers in that regard. But then here's the thing uh, on the defensive side for the Raiders, Denzel Perriman has been a monster of a linebacker and has been surveying the field and certainly did it all day long to keep that team in position to win this football game making crucial tackles where he needed to, dynamic indeed, Richard. And then here's the thing. Josh McDaniels did get one up on his old uh, mentor, Bill Belichick, and it really came at a point where we just didn't see this coming. Crazy game indeed, Richard. The New York Jets went back to Zach Wilson, took place of the injured Mike White, and this was also a crazy game against two unlikely playoff contenders, the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets battling out. The Lions do get the victory 20 to 17, including a punt return for a touchdown. And uh, Zach Wilson, he didn't have the greatest game, but he wasn't terrible. He didn't lose the game for the Jets. And I can't believe I started Zonham at night. He was limited, 13 carries for 23 yards. Zach Wilson did have two touchdowns and a pick. Corey, do the New York Jets go back to Mike White if he is healthy, or does Zach Wilson get another shot? 
Defensively, I do think they need to go back to Mike White. Zach Wilson, although he didn't have a game, like you said, that he didn't throw the game away so much, he still was near 50% completion of his passes. That's not very good in this league. And he needs more development as a quarterback. And, yeah, he threw for over 300 yards in the game, and he made some crucial plays. But we both know the Jets are a run-first team opening up the pass game. And Zonovan Knight had his worst game as a pro. He had 13 carries for 23 yards. Not very good. 2.3 yards per carry, Richard. And I'm telling you, it's more than the play that happens to be where you have to have Mike White. It's the culture of the organization. Zach Wilson does not have what it takes to be a leader in a locker room. And the thing is, Mike White does. So that's what's been going on there. But Darren Wilson continues to be a dynamic player in the past game. He's going to get the rookie record ever for a Jets receiver. Incredible pickup in that regard. This defense at times has been stout. C.J. Mosley is still playing decent football. Sauce Gardner playing decent in coverage against Jamison. Against, yeah, against Jamison Williams. But the thing is, you got to give it to the Lions in this one. Jared Goff is having a lot better season than he did. And he's showing this because now he's had weapons to throw to. He's had Amon Ray St. Brown, DJ Chark, and then most recently, we coming off his ACL tear injury from University of Alabama, Jamison Williams. So they've been dynamic. This defense has been able to be crucial. Clearly, they've been able to stuff the run against the Jets in this game in between the tackle box. So got to give it to Detroit Lions in this one. And crucial win for them. And for the Jets, the uncertainty is there. We don't know what they're going to do as they're heading into this week's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, they have to regroup, and they come back on a short week to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are only a game back from the Tennessee Titans. I believe you know the Jacksonville Jaguars have all the momentum after beating the Cowboys in overtime. This should be a good game. Corey, do you have a prediction? Do you think that Mike White will be back in time for this game? And with the Jets really fighting for their playoff lives, what do they got to do to try to sneak into the playoffs? I mean, they got the Jaguars, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins left on their schedule, but the Los Angeles Chargers are eight and six. I mean, they're going to need some help if they want to try to get into the playoffs and snap this 12-year active streak for missing out on the postseason. They have, like you said, a daunting schedule. Not one of those games is a game where it's a gimme game. And in the NFL, it never is. But that schedule, the Seahawks, tough defense, and Geno Smith, who was an ex-Jet, that's going to be a tough game to play against. The Dolphins, my goodness, the playoff-bound Dolphins as of right now. This time, they're going to have to handle Tua, and this time, they're going to have to deal with the combination of Tua, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle. That's going to be tough. I don't really know where we're at. In Jets Nation, but they're going to give it their best. And Mike White, 
I don't know if he's going to get cleared. Last week he had to go to I, the sources said about ten doctors. He didn't find one that was going to clear him. So we don't really know. We're taking week to week. Are we going to get Mike White back? Question mark on the season for those Jets. All right. In the final game, we're going to recap for NFL Week 15 is the Atlanta Falcons taking on the New Orleans Saints. And my opinion on Desmond Ritter's first NFL start, eh, wasn't all that great. He didn't even pass for over 100 yards. The big story was Tyler Algier rushed the football very well. The Falcons, I actually got to give hats off to him. They did not abandon the run game when they were down 14 to nothing to the New Orleans Saints, I actually posted on social media that I felt the Falcons came out unprepared because the Saints were up 14 to nothing after two scoring drives. And it seemed like the Falcons had to claw their way back. And they had a shot. Desmond Ritter, okay, if he's the quarterback, he's got an opportunity to march the Falcons down. They're down 21 to 18. The Falcons have the ball. He converts the first down. Drake London with the reception to get the first down on the fourth down conversion, but he coughs away the football. I mean, the Falcons just can't catch a break. Otherwise I believe the Falcons would have won this game because Desmond Ritter showed some signs that he could be a good quarterback, but it wasn't all that great of a performance. What was your thoughts on the rookie quarterbacks debut starting for the Atlanta Falcons? Rookie Jitters, Richard, like you said, his first NFL start in this league. We knew he's got to get the rust off. He's got to read defenses, and he's got to know when to throw the football away. That seems to be something that he needs to be more consistent with in the football game in that regard, Richard. And his quarterback that he played against, Andy Dalton, he was connecting with Jawan Johnson in the football game. But here's the thing. Tyler Algieri had a monster of a game. 139 yards on the ground and 17 carries. That right there is a testament of why the Falcons stayed in the football game, controlling the game at hand on the ground. Unfortunately, they dropped this game to the division foe, 21-18. But the Saints, the Saints had a decent combination to really put together the game. Alvin Kamara had an okay game, but when the New Orleans Saints team needed to buckle down where it mattered most, they put together the win. But the Saints defensive back, Riley Roby, had a really decent day and had a crucial fumble recovery as of late after the Justin Evans ball that was knocked down. But Atlanta receiver... Drake London, uh, he needed to step up to have a better game. He didn't have that day. And as a result, Saints took care of business. All right, Corey, last night, Monday Night Football, the Rams lose to the Green Bay Packers. Sean McVay, first losing season as he's taken over for the Rams since 2016. I cannot believe the Rams are a one-hit wonder. They go from Super Bowl champions to a losing season. And they bought the farm to win that Super Bowl. And they don't have any draft picks for the next couple of years. Their players are old. They're overpaid. Jalen Ramsey did not produce. Aaron Donald wasn't even playing in this game. I think it really went south 
for the Rams when they did not build up their offensive line. When Andrew Whitworth retired, they could not get the ground game going. Cam Akers was a shell of himself, and Cooper Cup was injured as well. This Rams team, I looked at what they did last year, and they really fell off a cliff. And I cannot believe I'm saying this, that the Rams are one-hit wonder. Now, on the other side, the Green Bay Packers, they know, I know they need help, but Aaron Rodgers can sneak into the playoffs if they win the rest of their games. What was your thoughts on the Monday night football game last night? Which, by the way, I actually watched the Peyton and Eli version of it. I mean, they were funny. George Kittle was on, but it, it was entertaining. What was your thoughts on Monday night football? Aaron Rodgers, when you're getting further into the season, shows why he is Aaron Rodgers. He looked really decent making the reads with the football, getting it out to his receivers. And spreading the wealth. Since he has not had Devontae Adams this season, because Devontae went to the Raiders, he's had to really figure out what he's going. But I've noticed that a guy that he's been throwing the ball to a lot lately has been Robert Tunney. And they've gotten something together there. They have a very good backfield between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. One-two punch. Really thunderous. And they have Thunder and Lightning, I really think that they are. And the defense has really been getting better throughout the season. So Packers do have a chance. If they play their best football down the stretch, play tough, nasty defense, linebackers in the box, blitzing, and the defensive tackle slanting inside and putting on the rip moves, they got a chance. So that's very interesting there. Now on the Rams' side, very disappointing season, Richard. And, I mean, they had to have Baker Mayfield play quarterback at this point in time. And they're old, like you said. They're injured. They don't have a run game. Cam Akers, we don't know if he's even an answer. And, I mean, he had a couple of good games, but he's never been consistent between running between the tackles in that regard. And when you have, when Cooper Cup who is one who was one of the best receivers in the last couple of years when he's been injured the last couple of weeks you become a one-dimensional team and Aaron Donald not the same kind of player that he has been in years past not producing the same amount of sacks not gaining the pressure the difference between this team this year and last is because the unit was dialed in yes they wanted to go get big name players yes they had OJ Odell Beckham Yes, they had Vaughn, they had Von Miller. They're both gone. But the point is, there was a culture inside the locker room that was a winning mentality. And that's not what they have this year. Maybe they can figure something out, but it's gonna take a couple of years to rebuild. And Sean McFay, you're you're bound to have a year where you're not doing so fantastic. That's this year for them. All right. We have to talk about NFL playoff projections i feel the injury to jalen hurts could derail the eagles season because i think he's not going to be the same player getting into the playoffs i still feel the eagles are going to get the number one seed but i think the nfc championship is going to be 49ers and eagles over in the afc it's really a three-team race between the bills kansas city and cincinnati which the number one seed is still up for grabs for the cincinnati Bengals. I really can't tell you a prediction. I think it could be Bills Chiefs. It could be Chiefs, B- 
Bengals. It could be Bills Bengals. But who do you have in the conference championships? I know it's early, but do you have any predictions, Corey? I think I seriously think it's going to be either one of those combinations of Bills Chiefs, Bengals Chiefs, which is a rematch. I think I, I don't really know. I think it's going to be between those three teams. Corey, as always, thank you so much for your knowledge and just this passion for sports and uh, looking forward to having you back on the show and just want to wish you and your family a happy holidays during this holiday season and stay safe out there and, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you very much, Richard. Always a pleasure. All right. That was my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank. Thank you so much once again for listening to another episode of the sports beat. With Richard Holdridge, you can download this podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for next episode, and we will talk to you then. Bye, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.